Hey Sudbury, it's David Kurt here with Lake City Realty. And Tristan Ritchie with also Lake City Realty. And we're coming at you with another episode of Selling the Rock, your daily real estate podcast. So what's going on today, Tristan? We got a pretty, actually very interesting subject and I've been talking about this quite a bit in some of my videos online. Um, actually for this whole year has been actually kind of on my mind and frustrating me a little bit and now they're making a change in so, the states so yeah it, like it's it's happening in the u.s so first and foremost it's not a change that's happening in canada right now but we do know on the on the real estate scale whenever things happen in the u.s marketplace usually you see in the next couple of years the trickle down effect happens to the canadian marketplace so just this last weekend a lot of my friends were down in san francisco at the national association of realtors and that's kind of the governing body for all of real estate in the in the u.s and they made a big, big change uh, to the MLS and uh, they, they call it the clear cooperation policy. And Tristan, do you wanna take us through what's this clear cooperation policy and what's the big change that's made? The big change is they're trying to avoid pocket listings. So there's, there's a different, couple different words for them, pocket listings, exclusive listings, or homes that are marketed before they actually hit the, the market. So they go on realtor.ca or realtor.com if you're in the States. Um, so it, they're trying to make it so that these listings go right onto the market and they're not trying to be sold before to only certain buyers so that it, it's exposed to the whole market. So they feel like there's an erosion happening with the MLS in the US and especially like it's a different landscape in the US than Canada first. We, we can go on a tangent about that. There's 700 plus MLSs in the US versus one MLS in Canada. So again, very different marketplaces, but they see and, and they being uh, the governing body, the National Association of Realtors sees that there is an, an issue happening where the data and the reliability of the data and the, the fact that some consumers might be think that they're getting the most exposure for their listings when really they're not. It's getting only released to a, a select few. And this kind of ties in with the coming soon because I know when we, when we started with coming soon ads, a lot of people were frustrated with it. And there's two different ways we view a coming soon ad. There, the coming soon ads when you're prepping the place and when it's not available for showings and the coming soon ads when it's only available to showings to somebody's clients. And that's that what they're trying to avoid here is they're trying to avoid having listings being released and being available, but only being available to a select audience. And the reason that is not a good thing is because it's the sellers aren't getting their full, uh, the full exposure that they should get on their properties. So it's honestly not fair to the sellers. And we're seeing that not only in the States, but in Sudbury as well. So let's take, like, to take you through an example. Say there's a house that was just listed in the South End, a house that's priced at $400,000, which is a pretty attractive price range. How we would typically run a coming soon ad for that is we would be getting the place staged, getting the place photographed, uh, photographed, and we'd be having a coming soon rider in front of the place and we'd be advertising on Facebook that on Monday this place will be available. The new change would actually say that the minute that you start advertising something, within 24 hours it has to be able to be available, be shown. So you could do a coming soon for 24 hours technically. But what they really are trying to avoid here is that $400,000 listing. If I run a big team and I'm, I'm telling buyers, come to my team because I'm going to have the, all these listings that are available to, that nobody else in the market can get access to right now. And that's the whole point that they're trying to get around. So where is it, like what you just said for that team, what's the benefit is for the team, not so much the sellers yeah. and the consumer. So I think that's what they're really trying to change and make it more uh, like bring more professionalism to our business as well. So just like, how does it affect professionalism in your mind? I, I think if you, when you're signing a contract with a seller, you're 
basically disclosing that you're going to do the best job you can marketing their property. Not basically. You have a fiduciary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have a fiduciary a legal responsibility. A fiduciary is a legal yeah. responsibility saying that you have to get, do your best to get maximum exposure for this list. Exactly. And only presenting it to certain buyers is not maximum exposure. Um, we, I, I'll give a little example in Sudbury and I've given this on my videos, like I said earlier, many times is I had a couple buyers in the mid summer market, which was really hot and they're looking for a home in the two to 300 range, which is a very hot range and a house hit the market. I booked a showing literally an hour or like 30 minutes after it hit the market. Cause I had two buyers that wanted to see it. And as soon as I booked the showing, I get a message from the realtor saying, sorry, it hasn't accepted offer already. So that happened before it actually was on realtor.ca. This agent brought their own clients through and got an accepted offer before it was exposed to the whole market. A week later, I saw that it sold for ten, uh, five under asking and my both clients said they were willing to pay over asking on this property. It's tough because you didn't go in and see it. Exactly. So you can, we can't use those as a, like a, a definitive certain situation. But it's 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 a frustrating experience. But if I had two clients, other people probably had clients that wanted to see it as well, and I'm sure someone would have paid more. There's 350 agents out there, and we we all should be working to get maximum dollar for sellers, and mm-hmm. that's because that's how why we cooperate with each other, right? So um, it is it is a tough line because. If it's being if it's being explained to sellers, and maybe sellers have privacy as their number one concern, and if somebody is a high net worth or a very private individual, and they don't want to be have a sign in front of their property, they don't want to have this the, the property all over Facebook or something like that. Then I think with this clear cooperation policy that that NAR, the National Association of Realtors has has come up with, they're still saying that, that this may be possible as long as it's being marketed on a one to one basis. If it's an agent that has an exclusive like an exclusive listing as long as it's not being blasted all, all, like all over social media and all over the web um, they could still ha- they could still verbally market that to the client to client but they, they the actual seller will have to sign a disclosure saying they understand that this listing is not being giving full exposure that's all great I think they should it's hard to signing something saying that it's, they understand is one thing but actually understanding it is another it's tough because how do you yeah how you do you think about like regulate if, that if a, t- if, if a listing agent or a team has this is that that they're commonly offering, they probably have a sales pitch around mm-hmm. that form. And well, this is the number one way that we get our clients top dollars by doing this, or this is the way that we avoid days on market. The other really interesting thing about that clear cooperation policy in with that NARS implemented is if we look at the changes between the US MLS system and the Canadian MLS system, it's a much more transparent system and some place that we, we've been talking about for forever with our changes after the Toronto Real Estate Board was challenged about uh, about the, the way that they're operating with sold data. And not just sold data, but like things like days on market that should be public information. And the, the US has been open for a long time. So their, their rationale is that if you're privately have a pocket listing for six months and then it goes on realtor, you can't track days on market, you can't track reductions and those are all information that the seller should be aware of and and be educated on in full transparency so that's the other change that they're trying to have um, that's readily apparent to that to, to, to buyers that are out there so that they can track the actual listing and it's not just a, like a dark or a hidden past to it mm-hmm. and sold data like with this change came almost two years ago now that the trend board was challenged and eventually lost the, the top level where they said we are going to start publishing sold data and the Toronto Real Estate Board has actually it's my understanding that there's virtual office websites you can go on right now now the rest of Canada Korea said that the realtor.ca would be going in that direction we haven't seen the changes yet um, but I think that we are going to uh, 
we are going to get there eventually. So what's your thoughts on uh, soul data being released and like where like transparency of our overall MLS data? I think that's fine. A lot of realtors are hold that to heart in terms of what they can offer to their clients. Right. But if you're offering, so they're scared that if it gets released to the general public, they won't want to use realtors anymore, but then you just have to prove your worth and your knowledge in other ways. It's so easy to say that, and like it's like kind of especially around the transitioning time period when when this this change is just like oh you're more than the data you're more than the data, but it's you have to prove yourself and you as a realtor practicing today, we have to give clients what they want mm-hmm. and they want the information they want the information so that they can interpret it their own way and then make their decisions and at the end of the day we're there to guide them and I know that it might be a salesy line or whatever but it's just like how many mortgage payments am I going to make on this house I'll give you my advice. And you're the buyer or the seller. You're ultimately in the position that you pay down the mortgage. This is your house and you're free to do what you want with it. And if we're so far apart with our mindsets, it's just not a good fit and we're not going to work together. And with the buyer, it's how many mortgage payments am I going to make on your this house? You can make an offer for what you feel. This is my advice. This is where I see it going. Um, this is the condition that I'd recommend for you. But at the same time, I'm not going to be paying the mortgage. So you're free to do what you want here. And maybe you like if you feel like... There's buyers out there that might, you know, quote unquote, lowball places or whatever. Like if they go through that three or four times and they don't get houses, eventually they'll come to the realization that this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it just takes the buyer a little bit longer to get to that that point in the marketplace, or maybe they get their, the the best place and their stars align for them, and and so be it. Fantastic for them. It, it's a great opportunity, right? So totally agree. Yeah. So transparency of MLS data. Um, it's happening in the U.S. It's coming to Canada. What do you think? Will what changes would you like to see on MLS for for our consumers in Sudbury to have? Uh, what kind of like? What data should should they have access to that they don't have access to now? I think they should have access to all the sold data. The sold data, but yeah. just like the the really interesting part about not it's not just sold data. It's it's getting into uh, days on market. It's getting mm-hmm. into actually realtor data where like the, the listing agent you'll actually be able to pull up and it will and, and this is some websites again not everything but the blanket statement would be you might be able to pull up that listing agent sold eight properties last year they or they represented 12 buyers maybe specific to this neighborhood this is their average list of price sales rate like the, all the stats for that actual agent could be part of that data that's accumulated in I like it public being an experienced realtor now I, I think that's great for us um, it'll make it tougher for people trying to get into the business because right now it's just it was pretty easy to get in for some people. Like you just do these tests, but then actually practicing and um, using your knowledge the right way was the difficult part. And like this could be a whole other podcast, but the idea of how do you get into the marketplace and like again, you if you if you associate yourself with somebody that's already in, in practicing, like mm-hmm. you know when we we kind of joined forces is it was because you wanted some knowledge and you wanted to kind of, you know, be course, yeah. some, some feedback and stuff like that. And so by, by teaming up with somebody and that's why the team mentality has worked so well in the past. Um, and who knows what's going to be in the future. I feel like teams are popping up everywhere now. I drove by, saw another billboard with another agent that started a team and I'm just like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it just seems to be happening. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's every kind of thing. Um, but, but really like the idea of a team is not just to have a team. The idea of a team is to, be able to offer round the clock service to clients. That's, that, it, yeah. that, that's to me why you want a team is because I'm a busy guy. I've got a family. I've got my kids are in activities. I coach sports, and I want if you if there's a new listing in that to, uh, we have a motivated buyer. I want them to go see at that hour that it's available. And how do I do that? It's it's if I'm not available, I can rely on my teammates. So yeah. Any other uh, to- topics of conversation specifically around clear cooperation policy or anything no. general with uh, MLSs? 
No, I think we touched on a pretty good, yeah, pretty so much everything we wanted. Again, just to just to, to summarize, these changes are not being uh, being forced onto Sudbury and not being forced onto the Canadian yeah. marketplace right now. But it's a really big shift that's happening in the U.S. And we typically see what happens in the U.S. trickles down to that Canadian marketplace. Again, we are in completely different marketplaces where we have one MLS in Canada. In the U.S., they have 700-plus MLSs, so it's a much more fragmented system. But it is, it's very interesting to keep an eye on, and it definitely will be an interesting uh, as implementation happens and as penalties start happening, and, and to see kind of how the, this change does affect the overall landscape there. So. Perfect. Until next time, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Selling the Rock, and we'll catch you, See you guys later. Catch you later.